It is time for your sports fix. Welcome to the weekend team. I am your host, Ben Cullen. Spanish teenager Carlos Alcaraz fulfilled his potential as a future Grand Slam champion and world number one by beating Casper Ruud in the US Open final to achieve both feats. Alcaraz won 6-4, 2-6, 7-6, 6-3 in his first major final. The 19-year-old is the youngest men's Grand Slam champion since Rafael Nadal won the French Open in 2005. Rude would have become the world number one if he had won, but has now lost both of his two major finals. Instead, it is Alcaraz who replaces Russia's Daniil Medvedev at the top, becoming the first teenager to climb the summit in the 49-year history of the ATP rankings. Nate Diaz marked the final fight of his 15-year UFC career by earning a fourth-round submission to defeat Tony Ferguson in Las Vegas. Diaz secured a guillotine joke to end the bout against his fellow American at UFC 279. Ferguson replaced Hamzad Shemaev on Friday after the Swede failed to make the welterweight limit to fight Diaz. A fan favorite because of his enduring career and rebellious personality, Diaz has won 16 of his 27 fights since joining the UFC as a 22-year-old. The fight at the T-Mobile Arena represented the final bout on Diaz's UFC contract. Congratulations, Nate. You are a legend. Tom Brady's Tampa Bay Buccaneers won their first game of the new NFL season with a dominant defensive display against the Dallas Cowboys. Seven-time Super Bowl winner Brady threw the only touchdown of their 19-3 victory as he became the first 45-year-old starting quarterback in NFL history. Brady is starting his 23rd season in the NFL after coming out of a short-lived retirement that lasted just 40 days. And he looked sharp enough despite missing 11 days of preseason because of personal issues. We now welcome back Formula One analyst Matthew Marsh to the show. He joins us via Zoom. Let's move on to Daniel Ricciardo. What do you make of, of that situation with him not... Um, being extended in McLaren, I don't think it's a it's a shock, but just curious as to your comments on that. Mm. I think it's a shame that we're going to lose Daniel Ricciardo from Formula One, which is almost certainly the outcome of this, because the only real place that he, I think, should even be considering going is back to Renault, now called Alpine. Yeah. And I think it's pretty clear from the body language of that team and the fact that they're clearly talking to many other drivers that Daniel is low on their list. And you know, why would anybody be looking at Daniel given how poor his performances seem to be in the McLaren? You know, he qualified 17th at, at, at uh, Zambor, finished 17th. And, you know, he's he's um, been out-qualified by Lando Norris 13 times to two. Um, started 10 times ahead of Lando. Sorry, in, in Belgium, started 10 places ahead of Lando and finished three places behind him. So it, it, it's just something very wrong with with Daniel's driving and it's not the car. well, I, okay. There's so that's what everybody thinks is something wrong with Daniel's driving. I think the problem with that conclusion is we don't have another comparison point. If there were three drivers in a team, you can triangulate. But on the basis that only Lando has driven that car and Daniel, we're referring him to Lando. What happens if Lando is the best guy on the grid and is two tenths of a second faster than anybody else on the planet? Which is might be, might be. I I think he is at least as. I think he's Lewis Hamilton territory. 
Yeah. Max Verstappen territory. I keep, I've been saying that for a long time. My daughter's been saying it since she was eight and she's now 12. So but she stopped saying it. She's kind of got bored of everybody missing the point. And people are starting to now realize because Lando not only consistently is fast and he's error free yeah. and he races well, that maybe this guy is the real deal. Yeah, so, he's error free. That's, that's a really... You it's know, important point. It's, it's, it's you know, it's relatively easy to be super fast and every now and again smash the thing against the wall and all the bits break off, right? Which we see other people doing. But when you're able to do it without touchwood, Orlando smashing it to pieces on a regular basis, that's the real art. So I think Daniel's going to be fine in that he's going to be paid a significant sum of money not to drive for McLaren next year. And he's made a lot of money in his career. And, you know, it, it, it's, it's, yeah, overall, it's been good for him. He's a very likable character, isn't he? I think he has a lot of fans because he's always smiling and uh, he's upbeat versus some of the other drivers, which perhaps are a bit more subdued. Yeah, 100%. You know, if that's why I said at the beginning, you know, it's a shame that he won't be in Formula One next year, not because we're going to miss his on-track performances, but I think we'll certainly miss the character, yeah. you know, and, and the fact, again, he's a good person, I believe. Okay, I know time is, is running short. I've got a few more questions for you. Let's talk about Lewis Hamilton and Mercedes. They have not competed like we thought. There's been an interesting, you know, dynamic between George Russell and Lewis Hamilton. What are your comments on that as well? Well, Lewis is, Lewis is 37 years old and is behaving like it, by which I mean he's very... Ma mature is the wrong word because it suggests he was immature before. So I'll start again. Lewis Hamilton's 37 years old and is behaving like it, by which I mean he's very measured in a difficult situation. You know, he had his eighth world championship stolen from him last year by a catastrophic piece of mismanagement by the governing body of the sport. And he's put that behind him and he managed the disappointment very well. He's come into a season thinking, right, look at that car. We're going to be at the front and we're going to have a chance to put things right. And it's been... I'm not going to say a disaster because it hasn't been. It's been a disaster from the point of view of he's won Lewis Hamilton a, a, at least one race in every year he's competed in F1 since 2007. I'm hopeful he might manage it this year. But so for him this year, not to have won a Grand Prix yet must be really frustrating. But he's learning a lot about himself, I think, and the way he behaves with the media and with his team, I think, shows the mark of that man, age 37. His teammate, George Russell, is 24 and is impatient, A, because he's 24, and we were all impatient when we were 24, and B, because he's thinking, crikey, I came into what I thought was the best car on the grid, thinking finally, after three years in the Williams, I'm gonna, which was the worst car on the grid most of the time, I'm yeah. gonna finally get a car that shows my talent properly. And he finds he's got the third best car on the grid, and it's frustrating for him. And, and, and nonetheless, he's been a remarkable, has had a remarkable performance. He's finished in the top five at every race he's finished this year, which is 14 of the 15. He's lying at the moment fourth in the Drivers' Championship. He's ahead of his teammate by 30 points. But that's, you know, that's kind of by the by because they've had different bits of luck and Lewis has been trying different setups to try and solve the car problem. But George is doing a really good job. And what's going to happen now that the car has proven now on two occasions at Zandvoort and two races ago in Hungary capable of maybe winning is that now we're going to see those two drivers having to try to beat each other because it's it's okay when you're battling for okay you can finish third i'll finish fourth kind of they don't want that to happen but they'll kind of when it's for a win the daggers come out and we saw that in zandvoort when lewis ended up on the wrong tires george on the right tires and it was george overtaking lewis for what 
became second for for George and fourth for Lewis Hamilton. Lewis was not happy about that. Furious, furious. Yeah, and that's that's Lewis's cat. I, I used to I used to be disappointed in Lewis when he was in Vodacom as ungracious in defeat. But I now realise if you're the best in the world and you think you are and you probably know you are and you end up in a bad situation, then you're bound to be annoyed. And that's the kind of the mark of, again, he knows how good he is. So fair enough, really. Yeah, okay. All right, leading into the end of the season, is mm. the same thing going to continue? Is Max Verstappen going to just continue to pull away or do you think there are any surprises out there for us? No, I think... I think Max Verstappen's going to win the championship easily because the car has just got better as the season's gone on and Ferrari have kind of tripped themselves over over enough times now that they seem slightly kind of constrained in their performance, I think, in, in terms of how they action a race, not necessarily the speed of the car. And when you've got the faster car, slightly faster car, as the Red Bull is, you know, it allows you to relax a little bit more. When you've got 109 points advantage, again, same thing for Max. And the more relaxed an athlete is, they typically perform better. There's a lot to watch. There's could Mercedes only 30 points behind Ferrari in the constructors' championship, and I think it's 44 points per race a team can score. Could Mercedes overhaul Ferrari before the end of the season? Yes, absolutely. Definitely, given the performances of the last few races. Looking forward to it, mm. Matthew. Thank you for joining us. As always, really appreciate your insight and uh, an analysis that I that I don't have that you possess that you can share with our audience. So, yeah, thank you as always and um, look forward to checking in again next year and we'll see where we are then. Great pleasure. Always available for you, Ben. <laughs> thank you, mate. Hong Kong, are you ready? This is the hottest ticket in the world right now. The New England Patriots will be on the road for a second straight week when they travel to play the Pittsburgh Steelers in the NFL this weekend. That is my hottest ticket in the world this week. How good is American football? I hope you all have a great weekend, and I'll be back next week, same time, same place, for your sports fix. I'm drifting off I've been meeting people in my sleep